With UCLA leaving to the Big Ten and George Klyovkov, the Pac-12 commissioner, continuing to make fun of UCLA's move, I thought about it. Which rival would you miss the most from the Pac-12 conference for UCLA? Who would you want to continue playing? Hmm. Quite some thoughts there. Let's hit the music. You are locked on UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everybody, it's your favorite host, Zach anderson Yoxheimer. Thanks for joining in on Locked On UCLA. You can find the podcast. It's free wherever you get, wherever you get your podcast, and it's every day. Thanks for making it your first listen each and every day. In the meantime, let's tell you this episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Just sign up at underdogfantasy.com with the promo code locked on. That's two words locked on. And get your first deposit doubled up to $100. As we welcome you into this episode of Locked On UCLA, you can like, comment, subscribe, hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Thanks for all your support. In the meantime, let's talk about UCLA leaving to the Big Ten. So, of course, there's been even more stirring up because of the Pac-12 media basketball days. And George Klyovkov uses every media day to stir up some controversy, whether it be financial, how he feels, how angry he was, to take over the job and be immediately punched down because of UCLA and USC leaving. That's not exactly the focal point of what we're talking about here, because with UCLA leaving with USC, the two rivals kind of hand-in-hand going over to the Big Ten country, UCLA, barring future expansion, which could very well be in the cards or may not be, or future scheduling agreements with these other schools, who does UCLA want to continue playing? I saw an article out of Tucson where it was discussing kind of this very topic, and it was, does UCLA and Arizona, do they keep up their basketball rivalry? Of course, that stems big time, even Jaime Hawkins Jr. talking about how the McHale Center was one of his favorite crazy atmospheres to play for with the Bruins at the McHale Center. So I kind of narrowed it down to four teams based on sport and whatnot. And I'd like you to comment on YouTube, hit me up on Twitter, we're Locked on Bruins, the show Twitter. What do you think between these four potential games that I'm lining up here? So obviously we're going to kick it off. UCLA, Arizona basketball. If there is a way to keep that game going year in and year out, if they could get a home-and-home or at least go home-and-home one year, one out, whatever it may be, sometimes you see schools, especially with such close proximity for UCLA and Arizona, whether it be a neutral side game, which would just be a travesty, you could have two games between the two schools, a home and road affair in the same year, and then you can do a home-and-home over season. So for UCLA, the first thing of the rivalries that you would like to keep going, UCLA basketball against Arizona basketball. Those two go hand in hand on the hardwood, and it just seems wrong, especially with all this recent drama going back and forth. UCLA getting a good game against Arizona at home to kickstart that 21-22 season in the conference in conference play, then going to Tucson getting Delta Bowl, the Pac-12 Tournament Championship. It just seems like that rivalry is budding again. And while it's never really cooled off, once UCLA's gotten good again and Arizona's really figured things out once again after 
seeing their coach leave, getting things back to normal. It's it's fun to see when UCLA goes to the McHill Center, and it's always a tough, tough environment to play. And when Arizona comes to UCLA, and the Bruins always pack out, sell out Pauley Pavilion if they can, and give themselves a rowdy atmosphere at home in Westwood and get themselves ready to go. So I would think maybe UCLA Arizona is at the top of that list in basketball. But we can't, you know, shortchange, you know, our brethren of the Pacific Northwest, Oregon. And while I've kind of was trying to nitpick between basketball, between football, Oregon's kind of a hybrid because they're an interesting brand with the Nike and all sorts of things. So I figured, would UCLA miss playing Oregon, considering they just came off football game? They've played college game day against Oregon, it seems like, quite a bit over the last two, three decades against the Ducks. A lot of those game day games the Bruins have played since game day became a thing was against the Oregon Ducks in football and with Dana Altman at the helm in Oregon and Eugene. UCLA Oregon basketball has been kind of neck and neck in certain parts of the last decade. Of course, way back in the final four years, UCLA had that kind of crushing upset in Eugene way back when. So the little back and forth between both hybrid of football and basketball for UCLA versus Oregon is maybe a little rivalry UCLA will certainly miss. And while we don't want to shortchange Washington way up to the north, I just kind of felt, especially with the recency of it and the way things have played out over multiple sports, that maybe Oregon is one of those teams. And I, I know it's tough over multiple sports. You have football and basketball that both are kind of butting heads. UCLA getting good. Oregon, you know, knocking the Bruins off on college game day. UCLA and Basketball going back and forth, especially after Dana Altman at Pac-12 Media Days talking some trash at the Bruins and Trojans' behalf, saying that ah, UCLA hasn't won anything the Pac-12 in just about a decade, whether it be a regular season conference title or a Pac-12 conference tournament title going over the last decade. That was Dana Altman making those comments, saying, yeah, we'll be fine without the Bruins. So maybe that's some way to kind of eh, neglect. We don't care about the Bruins, but it'd be fun to see UCLA and Oregon Find some way to play in either football or basketball because those two seem to go head in head, go hand in hand. Whether it's competing at least this year in football for a conference title or in basketball, it seems to be year in and year out those two are battling neck and neck in recent years. So UCLA Oregon could really pick between football or basketball, but that's you know one of these hidden rivalries UCLA will certainly miss. And then of course. Well, you can't forget the California schools. The Bruins will always go hand-in-hand, especially with the academic side against Stanford and Cal, and with the way the rotation works in the Pac-12, as it had been, especially in football, Stanford and Cal playing every year. But we'll start with the likes of Stanford. In recent times, in Stanford football history, they have dominated the Bruins over the last decade-plus, even though Chip Kelly has found himself going two and one over the last three games against the Stanford Cardinal found himself. All right. Last two games in Palo Alto, the Bruins have found themselves on the winning end, despite their UCLA losing that heartbreaking overtime affair against the Cardinal in 2020. It's become a nice little budding back and forth heated affair on the gridiron UCLA players after a long stint without winning. And the Bruins haven't won at home in the Rose Bowl against Stanford since 2008. So it's turned into a yearly thing, especially with the Bruins. One of their best chances to win the Pac-12 back in 2012 came in a loss at the hands of Stanford. And 
So it seems like on the gridiron, UCLA and Stanford have something budding going forward. So it'll be sad to miss all those back and forth clashes with the Stanford Cardinal. And then last but not least, Cal, who seems to be the real focal point of the UC Regents kind of back and forth of UCLA leaving from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten. And if you missed our very early, one of our very early episodes on Locked On UCLA's YouTube channel, a lot of it, the first episode or two, were focused on the move from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten with the Regents meeting and the media rights deal being signed shortly thereafter for UCLA getting and USC getting all this big money with the new Big Ten media rights deal and how the Regents feel about UCLA moving from conference to conference, how that's going to affect Cal because of the rest of the UCs truly aren't going to be affected except for Cal, Cal, Cal. Well, what's one way to really kind of nullify that fact? Well, UCLA and football, they've found them, UCLA and Cal football, they've played one of the longest uninterrupted rivalries in college football. Those two have been playing sports back and forth for so long, I believe back to 1933, UCLA and Cal have been playing football games in one of the longest uninterrupted college football rivalries over history, over throughout college football. I think it's the second longest running uninterrupted rivalry in college football active right now. So from 1933 to now, especially with UCLA and Cal getting that game in in late 2020 with the hectic schedule that was getting one in last year, and they'll get one of a final couple meetings in this year in Berkeley out at Memorial Stadium. The Bruins, well, they'll miss Cal, but they won't miss the headache that all the regents are talking about when it comes to, ah, Cal needs a little money. The the athletics, they have more athletes and whatnot. Well, you know, UCLA will miss playing Cal, even though the Bruins, for the most part, have dominated the football aspect of it. But, you know, they've played Cal for so long, it just seems like, well, UCLA's got to have their game against Cal. Well, of course, if you rank these little mini rivalries from, you know, top to bottom, UCLA-Arizona basketball is certainly the most heated. Oregon can stretch over multiple sports, whether it be football and basketball in certain little aspects. Stanford has found themselves, has always been a thorn in the Bruins' side in recent times against UCLA on the gridiron. And then Cal and UCLA played for so long, just like Stanford has, but for UCLA and Cal, they played so long, it just seems so wrong to not have them play against one another. Those were my thoughts, thinking, who would you want to have? What are these games, what are these sports, what are these teams the Bruins are truly going to miss moving to the Big Ten? And while atmospheres will be off the charts amazing, the media rights money will be crazy, and hopefully in favor for the Bruins as they try to make this big jump from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten in a whole different sightline, whole different types of the country, whole different games, different eyes on the Bruins will be coming up shortly. But, you know, we're all going to miss the nostalgia of the old matchups, the old California rivalry, SoCal versus NorCal, playing the likes of, you know, Oregon, even Washington up there. But for the Bruins, they're going to miss some of these games. They're going to certainly miss some of them. And I just thought, hey, what games would they miss the most going from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten. And those were the ones I thought of. If if you think I've missed some, well, certainly hit it in the comments on YouTube. But as we continue forward with this episode, we're going to continue with one of the rivalries, as mentioned, UCLA football versus the likes of Stanford football. Keys 
to the game. What do the Bruins need to do to win? And not just win, but win dominantly, as I've been teasing throughout the week. But in the meantime, let's tell you about Underdog Fantasy. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up the college football season. It's the easiest. It's very easy to play, and you can just do it while you're watching your favorite team play. You can find yourself going to the website and look at the different pick'em choices. Go, all right, is Zach Charbonnet going to get higher or lower? That's all you have to choose. Is he going to get higher than a certain amount of rushing yards, or is he going to get lower? DTR, is he going to get higher than this or lower than this? Rush yards, pass yards, touchdowns, whatever it may be, just go check it out. And with the Bruins against a very poor Stanford rush defense, you might want to go higher at the rush yards. In the meantime, it's easy to play, available in over 30 states. Just pick between two to five players across any team, not just your own, not just only the Bruins, but any team, and decide if they'll finish higher or lower. It's one of the easiest fantasy games to play out there, and you can win cold, hard cash in a single game. Sign up with the promo code Locked On. That's one word, Locked On, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Once again, deposit $100 and get $100 free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store slash Google Play Store. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy with the promo code locked on, one word, locked on, and get in on the college football pick'em action today. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. After all that talk about rivalries and eh, is UCLA, all right, are they going to miss things? Well, they're certainly not going to miss trying to stop Stanford from dominating. The Cardinal have won just about every matchup in the Rose Bowl since the 2008 Kevin Kraft late touchdown pass to Corey Harkey in with about 10 seconds left for a Bruin 23-20 to victory. UCLA going to Stanford last year getting a win 35-24, holding off the Cardinal last year late. It was Tanner McKee who was the quarterback for the Stanford Cardinal, but now it's UCLA again with Dorian Thompson-Robinson trying to get a rare third win against the Cardinal, which, as we know, Rosen, Hunley, some guys who are really high on those UCLA passing charts and career lists and in single-season efforts. Bruins couldn't get a lot of wins in recent years from 09 until about the 18-19 season where the Bruins were just dominated, especially when they had to have games in the Pac-12 title game. Stanford, David Shaw, whatever it may be, they have owned this matchup until the last few seasons when Chip Kelly's kind of flipped the script, brought his physical brand of up-tempo football. While there were times he did struggle with Stanford, did Chip Kelly in Eugene, he's really kind of flipped the narrative a little bit since coming over to UCLA after taking an opening loss found ways to nickel and dime a couple of wins here and there, even with teams that were good, teams that should have won, and teams that were also a little underwhelmed against the Stanford Cardinal. UCLA has set themselves up for success in a matchup where UCLA is favored by 16.5 points. And I've already said all year long, Stanford has lost to ranked opponents, thus the line, 
by about 16 and a half points on average to USC, Washington when they're ranked at the time, and Oregon. So those games have all set themselves up for UCLA to prove if they are to be in competition still with the likes of USC, Oregon, while yes, we we will see them on the field or have already seen them on the field, if UCLA wants to be in true competition and say, all right, this is what we have to do against Stanford, who is building at the right time, getting wins back to back. But again, Stanford without their two leading rushers, without their leading receiver, a quarterback who, did, despite throwing it nearly 60 times in the previous week, didn't throw for a single passing touchdown. UCLA should largely, largely find themselves as a very heavy favorite at home in Greek, coming off their first loss of the season, first conference loss of the year. And with Pac-12 title hopes still on the line, UCLA must win out if they want to control their own fortune to the Pac-12 title game. So this should not be one you want to look up. And for a lot of veteran Bruins who are still on this team, I believe I saw the quote from Bo Osling, who was still a six-year Bruin, who was still on the UCLA squad way back when, when the Bruins couldn't buy a win against Stanford if they tried. He's like, we want to beat everybody. And the Bruins know that, hey, everybody in their path, they want to beat, and maybe they've taken some crushing losses recently in the Pac-12. UCLA says, no, we want to come back in exact revenge. And while they couldn't do it in Eugene, they can continue to rewrite the narrative and stop Stanford from trying to tie the all-time series in football. It's getting close, even though Stanford's won about 12 of the last 14 matchups. The UCLA Bruins will love to flip the script and kind of say, all right, Let's dominate with a few wins in a row before they head to the Big Ten. And who knows what this series will look like in the future if it's a home-and-home or if it's an annual tradition that the Bruins get to do. A rare matchup potentially in what could be one of the last matchups, especially as conference members before expansion or conference realignment shakes its crazy head again. And UCLA hosting Stanford in the likes of the Rose Bowl. So UCLA, we've discussed it all, all week long should dominate on the ground. Stanford, one of the worst teams in the country, in the bottom about 20 in the country, worst 20 teams in the FBS when it comes to defending the run in yards per game on the ground. In UCLA, as we know, one of the best teams in the nation at running the football with arguably the best running back in the country in Zach Charbonnet, a strong dual threat with Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Keegan Jones at times has been a good nice change of pace back, whatever it may be, UCLA should be running for days. But for the keys to the game, we're going to dive into it right now. UCLA should, should force at least two turnovers. Stanford is one of the worst teams in turnover margin. UCLA, funny enough, because of their lack of turnovers, give it up, last of lack of opportunities where they just cough it up, despite being, doing that in the early parts of the season, have one of the better turnover margins in the year. So UCLA. For this to be an impressive win, in my eyes, keys to really get themselves back in the top 10 conversation and get more eyes on them moving forward again, despite dropping only a couple of spots in the AP poll and the coaches poll with the college football playoff committee selection poll. That's going to be coming out soon. Their rankings, the one and only rankings that will matter at the end of the year and when we come up, UCLA should force two turnovers. If they don't force two turnovers, and that means Tanner McKee, who is a prototype quarterback, 6'6", getting ready to go. And he's a big body who can find himself to throw it all over the field. And Stanford will come in, at least from what they showed, showed last week, against Arizona State, 
And they did put up numbers against a very, you know, stout Oregon State team who is very good, although it's at the farm. Stanford's going to want to throw it around the field, and they're going to throw it all over the yard, even though they're without a, top, a few top weapons. They're just going to throw it, throw it, throw it, which isn't what we're used to, right? But it's going to test the UCLA defense. They got torched for five passing touchdowns the week before by Bo Nix, even though the large story of it was Oregon dominating so much on the ground that UCLA was left vulnerable in the secondary by cheating up and missing some reads going back and forth in some key Bo Nix throws. Well, it's not going to be the same where you have to cheat up on the run against the Cardinal, at least not what we're expecting. Stanford could come out and do something crazy, but UCLA should be ball hawks, force at least two interceptions, and get themselves on the right footing going forward to a potential dominant home victory. Two turnovers, and UCLA should force those at the minimum. All right, talked about this. Red zone, red zone, red zone. It's going to come down to UCLA red zone efficiency with Stanford's ability to get off the field on third down. We've talked about it. The Cardinal, third down defense, one of the better ones in the conference, in the country. UCLA, well, all right. They've been one of the better teams when it comes to getting to the red zone, but not punching it in the red zone. they one of the best teams at getting to the red zone in the country. They have some of the most. They, they get to the red zone frequently, but with as frequent as they do, they don't always end it in the end zone. So red zone efficiency versus Stanford's bend but don't break third down defense when it comes down to, all right, they only allow third down conversions 30% of the time. UCLA converts 54% of the time. In the end, it's not going to come down, as I was probably alluding to, to the Oregon game, where third downs were, they were crucial, but let's be more clear about it. Watch UCLA when they get to the Stanford 30. I know it's not the red zone technically, but when they get to the Stanford 30, how many third downs do the Bruins convert? If they convert 50% of the time from the Stanford 30, well, all right, that'd be interesting if they have that many trips, all right. But they're going one for four around the red zone territory, we shall call it, deep into Stanford territory. And they're struggling to get down the field when there's less windows against the team you can run the football against. Then you do not want to get into a special teams game, kicking affair, with Stanford who's got the reigning Pac-12 special teams player of the week, a kicker who just made five kicks to beat Arizona State, mind you, 15 to 14, a Sun Devil, Sun Devil team who scored two touchdowns, and Stanford, who moved the football, couldn't score a touchdown. The Bruins are coming off a team, coming against the team, playing a team where UCLA is finding a team that's is playing a team that's finding ways to win. And you don't want to let them and keep them in the game by forcing Barmir to kick field goals. And if you go side by side, it's Stanford who's going to win that special teams kicking battle game in and game out based on what the last three out of four weeks have shown the Cardinal. They have the kicker that's proven who can do it. Barmira has shown he can do it, but you'd rather just dominate and put it into the end zone. So special teams could be a factor and everybody all up in arms after the lack of onside kick recovery, special analysis, whatever it may be, whether the lack of being aware and, you know, the, the onside kick that, that, pretty much changed the first half of that UCLA-Oregon game, despite how it finished. Special teams will play a factor, but if you're dominant on offense and force turnovers on defense, and you're rather clean special teams, you're not going to have to worry about an onside kick if you're up by three scores, whether it be in the first half or at the end of the game. It's as simple as that. Force turnovers, 
they must force turnovers. I don't see how UCLA doesn't come away with a dominant victory or even an easy victory without forcing turnovers against a Stanford team that's turned it over so many times. So many times. They're minus eight in turnover margin. They don't force too many turnovers, and they've so far coughed it up recently. McKee's got six picks. They fumbled it, lost it eight times. I keep bringing up these numbers because they will be important to UCLA's chances to winning this game against the Cardinal. Not just winning, but trying to cover about a three about a three score game, right? Six and a half points. UCLA, pretty solid favorites at home, heavy favorites against the Cardinal. Homecoming, everybody, late night, more prime time action for the Bruins. They should come out and dominate this game. And I've talked about it already. A wounded Cardinal coming in. UCLA should just assert their authority. And one final key. One final key. How many touchdowns did the Bruins score in the first quarter? UCLA went down the field and settled for a field goal deep into Oregon territory. Well, all right. They let Oregon kick a field goal. They had a chance to really grab control of the first quarter. The Bruins didn't do so. Called back from a penalty. So these two things go hand in hand. One, UCLA got to get a first quarter touchdown. Really assert their authority against the Cardinal. And finally, it's going to come down to sloppiness and execution. The Cardinal, one of the best teams when it comes to lack of penalty penalties called against them. They have one of the fewest penalty yardage penalty yardage a game when the Cardinals said, all right, they come in, they're well coached. They will be well coached. It's just to force the players on the field into mistakes by the UCLA defense or for the offense to not have a holding call called against them when you had a potential big play touchdown on the first drive of the game. So UCLA needs to come out, score a touchdown, seven to 10 points in the first quarter. I'd love to see for the Bruins to dominate early if they can and take control of this game and not let Stanford even have a chance in it. And then don't be sloppy because you could go and get a 30-yard run, but if you're called, if it's called back for holding, then certainly that's going to be a big problem. It certainly will be a big problem. So UCLA, forced two turnovers. All right, forced two turnovers, 10 first quarter points. I'd love to see an early first quarter. And then play clean. Do it. Let's go. Play clean ball. No more turn. No more penalties. Well, the Bruins aren't. We're crazy penalized. They had a terrible game against Utah, a mediocre penalized game against Oregon. You can't be making that mistakes or those mistakes against the Cardinal, or they will take advantage of that and turn it into a special teams affair, take the field goal, force you, and hold you into field goals if you hold on a third and long conversion, making it third and 20. That could be the difference in the game between a four-point swing where the Cardinal can come in and make this a ball game late if you are very sloppy with your head all angry after the Oregon game. That's all it's said and done. In the meantime, UCLA should win this game by, I said, dominant. They should win this by 21 to 28 points if they really want to assert their authority and prove that they're one of the teams to beat in the Pac-12 going forward during an interesting Pac-12 slate during the rest of the conference year in 2022. So UCLA should win this game, 21 to 28 points, within a three-score margin covering by plenty over that 16 and a half. But if the Bruins aren't forcing turnovers and they're playing sloppily, then, well, if Stanford's taking control, having time of possession, moving the football, then, well, they very well could keep this one into an interesting, secretly close affair late that the Bruins do not want to be a part of.
that's going to be it. In the meantime, let's talk to you more. Make your second listen about Locked On Sports Today. For Locked On Sports Today, they've got some of the best stories today. They've got their take of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Make Locked On Sports Today your second listen. Thanks for making Locked On to UCLA your first listen today. In the meantime, go subscribe on YouTube. Thanks for your support and thanks for the downloads, listens, podcast listens. It's free wherever you get your podcast. Get your hands in the air, Bruins fans. We'll try and get that recap after that Stanford game as quickly as possible up for that post-game recap. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, U-C-L-A. U-C-L-A. Fight, fight, fight. Go beat the Cardinal. Chop down the tree. Although we love the bands for Stanford because they're awesome and super funny. One of the best performances I've ever seen in my life. But UCLA, go chop down that tree. Let's go. This has been Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins!